0: Going forward, because more voices remain to be heard, and tomorrow it's on to Connecticut, Delaware, Maryland, Pennsylvania, Rhode Island, and.
2: He wants you, he needs you, he loves you. Here comes the Spudman, Man, he goes down easy. Here comes the Spudman. Man. It's the Spud Goodman Show. Let's get ready, Trumbo. And here he is, the head cheese meister. It's Spud Goodman.
3: Greetings, my name is Spud Goodman. (laughs) Spud Goodman. (laughs) And I would like to welcome you to our show. So, why don't we make an agreement right now? I pledge that the next 58 and a half minutes will be well worth your time. You know, if you hang around and listen, but if I'm wrong, if I'm wrong, and at the end of this episode you feel you've completely wasted your time, then I will issue a formal apology. Yeah, I'm aware you can never get back that hour, and and I'd feel sort of bad, but what's an hour out of your life, really? It's not that big a deal. Okay, I I need to state uh, for the record that our designated laugher Gina is not with us tonight, so it's going to be a challenge for me to do a show without immediate validation when I say something witty. So Dave on the soundboard, at least give me some canned laughter at times to keep my confidence up. All right, it's kind of weak, but it'll have to do. Sadly, we do have our temporary permanent co-host, Gerald Holcomb, with us. Please emit some kind of noise to verify that, you know, I'm not lying and that there's, in fact, another human sitting next to me here in the studio. Uh,
4: yeah, yeah, well, what kind of noise would you prefer, Spud? I don't know. Well, how about I just express my excitement about tonight's show because I can hardly wait to get going here. But really, but you have no clue what we have planned for the show. You really do get excited easy. What? Well, Yes, I'll tell you, not getting access to the show's schedule and list of guests prior to going on the air does create challenges for me. still a security
3: threat for my intellectual Yeah, I properties. know that's
4: what you say, but you know most shows that we do are really good, so it's not difficult for me to be excited. I know some shows are subpar, but I'm going to do my best tonight to make it a great one. That's good to know. But we, know, we kind of both know, if we're really honest here, that
3: you have little if any impact on the fate of this show. Well. You're a co-host for God's sakes. Anyway, let, let's get going here, and so tonight, it, there's a subject that I wanted to touch on, okay? Okay. I've been giving this some thought, as it seems to be something I hear all the time, you know, from our political candidates.
4: The topic is immigration. Oh, that is a very controversial topic, but Yeah. Now, are you sure you want to bring that up? Maybe we should talk about something else. Like, how about those darn Kardashians? Look, I don't, Seriously? I don't want to offend anyone
3: on this, you know, I know this topic is, is a hot-button one, but... Yeah. It gets people all riled up, but I want to toss in my two cents. I mean, I am a talk show host, and I'm supposed to talk about stuff, right? But yes, but m- maybe more about topics that are not so
4: toxic right now.
3: I'm just saying, about this immigration thing, it's about time we stand up and say enough is enough. But Enough of what? People, and I say this, people who are not Americans, that are not Americans are coming to take our jobs. All oh, that is a fact.
4: Well, wait, if we're going to go there, that you know, you do know this has been a very important issue for the candidate. My wife and I are supporting Ted Cruz. He knows really? he knows America cannot be America if we allow our culture to be further weakened by more foreign immigrants. The melting pot's overflowing, Spud. Yeah, but didn't Ted Cruz's family emigrate from Cuba? Well, Cuba is really more American than, say, uh, Puerto Rico, if you think about it. I mean, think, how many baseball players have come from Cuba? It, it is America's pastime, after all.
3: No, I, I think Puerto Rico has produced a heck of a lot more major league players than Cuba. Uh, B- but anyway, Cruz was was born in Canada, right? So isn't he just, I don't know, if you, if you really think about it, isn't he just another immigrant taking up a job another real American should be holding? You know, and I'm sure there's some real Texan
4: who could, you know, maybe handle that Senate job of his, too. Well, I suppose so. But, you know, Ted Cruz is an exception to the rule. He is one of the good immigrants. To be fair, to be fair, we have to admit there are a few of them. I guess, but if you make
3: an exception for him, then it starts that slippery slope thingy. And pretty soon, these foreigners will get better at stuff than us. And just look back at 1964 when the Beatles came to America. I don't think they snuck in, as a whole bunch of teenage girls knew about their arrival, but my (laughs) point is, you know, they definitely put in, and they definitely put... A lot, and I'm, I'm not being—I'm not exaggerating here. They put a lot of American bands out of work. It was clearly unfair because huh. after that Ed Sullivan show, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure millions of girls would have committed hari kari if the politicians would have done their job
4: and deported them. What? You know, I, I, I guess you're right. But, I, you know, I think the concern of Ted Cruz, Donald Trump, and the other Republicans is not about people from the U.K. They share our culture, Spud. No, that's because is, the only Republican
3: in a rock band is yeah. Mike Love. And maybe that Dave Mustaine guy from Megadeth. I don't know. A lot, seriously, think about this. A lot of liberal folk musicians were put out of work by those Beatles. Hmm. And I had an uncle in a folk band who couldn't get a gig after that Ed Sullivan show. Okay? So anyway, I'm supposed to play some music right now. And uh, yeah, here's a song by a man that uh, we will really, really miss. Uh, Roll it.
1: The Spud Goodman Radio Show. Uh, This is Ed Asner, or Edward formerly,
2: and I want to thank you for enjoying Spud Goodman and his merry band of rogues.
4: Hey, uh, Spud, your first guest, Adam Carolla, is ready to go on the phone. All right. You know, it's been a while since he's been on the show. Well, you know, from what I just read on Google, he is a very busy man right now with a number of projects underway.
3: Yeah, and that's why I called him the 21st century version of William Randolph Hearst. Oh, yeah. You know, the last time he was on a a much nicer version, though, with actual friends. Adam Carolla really has kind of nailed this new media thing, in addition to, you know, still keeping a toe or two in traditional broadcasting.
4: Do you think he has a special sled, too, somewhere in his mansion?
3: (laughs) I can't ask him that. It's too personal, but since he lives in SoCal, I I doubt it as it snows there about as often as the Clippers win NBA championships.
4: Should I put him through now?
3: Uh, Yeah, that's your job as co-host. What else do you have to do right now? Put him on the air, dude. You got it. All right, please say hello to a returning guest and truth teller, Mr. Adam Carolla. Thanks for coming back on the show, man.
5: Thanks for having me back on the show.
3: Of course. Well, you know, Adam, some say doing a podcast is a piece of cake, but, man, you've opted for a more demanding approach with taking, you know, the Adam Carolla show on the road. I'd say radio's a lot easier. You just keep showing up at the same studio and leave right afterwards. But you go big.
5: Yeah, you know, it's been, uh... It's it's one of these things where I used to do do the podcast, and then um, when I was uh, done doing the podcast... I would uh, go out and do stand-up on the road. And then at some point, somebody sort of said, "Uh, well, why don't you just do the podcast on the road and you don't have to do stand-up and then you'll have a podcast and it will be a sort of live podcast. And I thought, well, that's weird because it, it was never done before. So it didn't seem all that feasible, but it was just one of these things that makes perfect sense. People love the podcast, and then they want to see it live. So we bring all the players, and we do the podcast. But it's just because it was never done before that it felt weird. Right. But now we've been doing them for years all over the country, playing big theaters all over the place, and it's, it's great. People get it. So it's a new format, but it's exciting. To be part of it,
3: right? Well, I know you have like a low tolerance for BS and cultural clutter. What seems to be at the top of your I can't freaking believe this is happening list right at this moment?
5: Um, it, it, it's always just sort of how self entitled and narcissistic we're turning into. Yeah. To me, um, it all starts at the airport. Just. Seeing people with their fake service dogs so that they can just travel with their dogs. Seeing people laying on the ground, sleeping in the airport. Seeing people with their bare feet up on the table at Starbucks, uh, drinking their coffee. I mean, just stuff that would be unheard of years ago being now commonplace. It's people bringing their dogs into restaurants and putting the dogs on the table. Huh. Well, I mean, when we were growing up, I didn't have a dog, but if we did, and we didn't go out to eat, but if we did, bringing the dog to the restaurant with us to eat would have been unheard of. Only blind people had dogs, and it was unclear if they even got to go in the restaurant.
3: Well, that's well, yeah, you're right on on that issue. All right. Well, you know, I want to hit you with this. You still have that wine deal going, Mangria, and I hear you've sold a ton of it, too. So how come you're making bank on having your own brand and so many other celebrities have the majority of, you know, of their own brand stacked up in their basement-slash-climate-controlled wine cellars?
5: I don't know. Um, it's, I, I really go out and work it, like everywhere, everywhere I go. It's, you know, when we come to Seattle, uh, we'll have Mangria with us, and we'll do a signing at a liquor store. And you can go to adamcarolla.com if you want to find out where I'm going to be before I'm going to be at the more.
3: Well, let me say it. Then. But, let me say it. You're going to be at Total Wine & More in Tuckwilla on Saturday at 6.30 right before the show. So let me ask you this before you answer that other one. Do you have a limit of four or five healthy glasses before doing a show, or can you hold your Mangria really well?
5: I can hold it uh, pretty darn well but uh, it is uh, it does it packs a punch I'll, I'll put it to you that way
3: um, so I was perusing your book Daddy's stop talking still available at all bookstores by the way anyway do you think that kids are wired to listen to anyone but their parents until they're old and old enough maybe need you know when they needed to co-sign a loan for something or you know what I'm talking about
5: I don't I don't know. I don't know who's wired to listen to anybody uh, anymore. I mean, it's it's one of my greatest laments in life. Is I do like you know? Is um, as pompous as this may sound, I do have all the answers. I I have figured out life.
3: That's why we booked I, you I, as a guest. Off, yeah.
5: I started off. Thank you. I started off flat broke. And reading at a fifth grade level when I left high school, digging ditches and picking up garbage on a construction site. And I'm a millionaire now. And I figured it out quite nicely. And nobody will listen to a goddamn word I say.
3: Wow, really? So that's kind of discouraging if I ever got to that. Wow. So it made no difference, huh? No, nobody cares. Nobody cares.
5: I have arguments. Uh, You know, I have a 15,000 square foot warehouse filled with Lamborghinis, and I have people arguing with me in my warehouse to make $32,000 a year telling me I'm wrong, and I just tell them, why don't you take a look around, and we'll see who has a higher batting average, and they just tell me to go ask myself. So, uh, no, makes no difference.
3: That's discouraging with uh, that American dream kind of thing, you know. Okay, all right, fine. All right, moving on. Um, on tonight's show, you know, we've been discussing uh, immigration a bit, and and Adam, as you reside in Southern California and have built a bunch of things with your bare hands, or, or maybe gloved hands, you're the go-to guy on this question. What's your take on this fairy tale wall deal that you know that Trump continues to insist will be built? Because that's going to take a hell of a lot of nails and two-by-fours to make happen. Yeah, we
5: should definitely. Make it out of pressure-treated lumber because if it's either if it's just you know dug fir, <laughs> it's going to go bad pretty fast. I mean that's my that's the construction side of me uh, talking. Uh, Redwood will work as well.
3: Redwood, all right. um, Redwood, okay. Sorry, my
5: my voice is going out. Um, you know, L.A. is essentially Mexico at this point uh, already. So I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what we can do to unring that bell. But uh, I, you know, as far as immigration goes, you just have laws on the books, and then you enforce the laws that are on the books. I don't. I don't get why it's so controversial. Yeah. Every country
4: has it. Right. Right. Well, uh, Spud, What? Well, if I may interrupt here. I, as the lone conservative voice on your staff, must say that though I'm supporting Ted Cruz, you can rest assured that wall will be built. Now, I can't guarantee who will pay for it, but it won't be the U.S. taxpayers. Ah, uh, right. And I would keep your eye out for Bigfoot the next time you, you go camping or, or even hit a rest stop on the freeway. Oh, the wall is no fable, Spud. It will happen. As Adam just said, there are some logistics that will need to be determined, like, you know, going with redwood over, say, fiberboard. Yeah. Maybe they could set up a toll booth like they do on highways and bridges to help pay for it. it but that wouldn't keep non-Americans out. And neither will a stupid wall! Well, I've read on the internet that the cheapest way to deal with this immigration issue is to just go with a moat. Way really? cheaper. Oh, yeah. And much more green because it would create a wetland haven for ducks, fish, maybe even crocodiles. <laughs> there is such an oversupply of crocs right now in Florida. It would kill two birds with one stone. Why would any birds need to be killed to make a wall happening? That will piss off a lot of PETA people. Well, it's strictly a figure of speech,
3: but Whatever. C- can I just get back to Adam, please? It's rude to put guests on hold, especially Adam Carolla. I really like him.
4: Fine, go ahead.
3: Uh, yeah, sorry about that, Adam, but I'm back. So I, I don't quite get the, the whole concept of the wall, but I, I just thought I'd run it by you because, I mean, you live you live in, in the environment. That, I mean, has he called you to get your advice? Because obviously you've built stuff. A hell of a lot. I mean, you build built stuff with your hands. That dude just hires people, right?
5: Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a... Right before I got on with you, I was in my kitchen <laughs> working on my uh, remodel. So, uh, yeah, absol- absolutely.
3: All right, all right. Well, and yet one more of your books, President Me, uh, which is also coincidentally still available at all bookstores. You know, I am probably starting to sound a little bit like Ron Popeel here, but it's not my fault. You create so much damn stuff, I get a little lost. So my question is, if you were President of the United States, what would be your first executive order?
5: Um, I would replace birthday celebrations with Achievement Day celebrations. Uh I'm not interested in when you were born, everyone was born, Charles Manson was born, Hitler was born, everyone was born. Uh, Being born means nothing. You can just join the other 10 billion people that came before you.
3: So before I end this thing, I'm trying to think if I forgot anything I wanted to cover. Uh, Yeah, oh yeah, how's the restaurant Amalfi uh, in the Fairfax district in LA going? Uh, Is that going okay?
5: Yeah, it is. I I used to eat there all the time for free and then I moved to like Pasadena, La Cunyada area and never go there anymore. But it's, uh, you know, 10 years plus, still trucking along. I don't recommend anybody investing in restaurants if they're trying to get rich uh, by Apple stock, but uh, kind of uh, kind of fun if people are in LA and they want to go check out a it's, it's really it's a good it's a good Italian restaurant.
3: Yeah, I heard it's a pretty hip place because I have a friend who's an actual hipster and he loves it. I mean, he 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 wouldn't be seen with me there, but I, I'm gonna I'm gonna drop by there sometime by myself. That's my plan. So I just want to give you a heads up. So all right. Uh, yeah, so, Adam, once again, you've proved you're not just a darn good uh, host of a podcast. You're and a real renaissance man, really. Uh, you're also still a great guest and one of our favorites. So I, w- I really want to thank you for taking the time to do the show again. Thanks for having me back anytime you like. All right, super. There you have it, Mr. Adam Carolla.
5: This is one of radio's most famous musical productions, the program that brings you the music of a nation that loves to sing and whose songs reflect the beauty and romance inherent in its way of life. This is the Spud Goodman Show.
3: All right, it's musical guest interview time. Please give a warm welcome to our musical guest, Giordani. Hey, thanks for coming on the show. Introduce
6: yourselves and what instrument you'll be playing. Thanks, Spud. I'm Giordani. I'm on the keys and vocals.
3: Super. I'm Peter. I'm on drums. My name's Jesse, and I'm playing the bass.
6: All right. So, Jordani, uh,
3: as the leader of your band, do you often find yourself having to discipline the guys for inappropriate behavior? Because as the leader of this show, I find it draining being in charge.
6: Well, we've been together for a couple hours now. They've uh, behaved themselves pretty well. No
7: discipline issues as of yet. As
6: of yet. Yeah, they look like they're not unruly or anything that's okay
3: we'll go with that so so what's the band's position on there being two separate walking dead shows is this just too confusing to the american viewing public can they handle this emotionally hey man if you like zombies you like zombies i think you're gonna do do all the zombies you can Either you in or out with the zombies. So, so there's no, there's no level, there's no max
7: on the zombie situation. I mean, you'd have to ask a zombie person. That's not really my bag, but I can dig how people are into it. You know. All right,
3: all right, all right. So let me hit you with this then. If you guys could open for any band in the world next weekend, uh, who would it be? I'm saying Kiss. How about you? It'd be your choice, of course.
6: Right. Um. I'd say Paul McCartney. Who wouldn't?
3: All right. What's the name of the first song, and is there a personal connection to it? Uh, maybe a love disaster, possibly, and if so, just maybe give us the initials of the jerk.
6: See, the first song we're playing is Ooh Na Na, Na and um, not too much of a personal connection. It's kind of just a sassy number that uh, I think girls would like to sing while getting ready and saying they don't need a guy.
3: Yeah, don't they don't. Okay, All right, that's not good news. <laughs> All right, well, let, let's do this. <laughs>
8: I've got a number that you should have called, but I ain't gonna wait all night. You think that you can have me whenever you damn please? Boy, you must be out of your mind. Oh, take out a picture. Don't make
9: The Spud Newman Show.
1: There's still more fun and excitement in store in the second half of The Spud Goodman Radio Show right after this brief intermission. Hi,
8: I'm Dahlia. And Lucian. And we're pigs,
9: and we're pigs now. Pigs now. And we are on... And we are on...
7: This is Dahlia. And
10: Lucian.
3: And we are pigs now. We are,
10: and we are pigs now. We are playing at the Spud Goodman Show. I cannot
8: Thank you, Mr. Goodman.
1: We now return to more action-packed thrills and excitement on the Spud Goodman Radio Show.
3: You know, another area of Americans losing jobs to foreigners yeah. is the movies. Just how many roles are our actors going to lose to those freaking Australians? Oh, yeah. They've invaded Hollywood and put out I don't know how many of our A-list actors and actresses of starring roles, especially in those big-budget films. It seems like if they can talk with an Australian accent at their audition,
4: they get the part on the spot. You know, I would agree that there's been a large influx of film actors and actresses from Australia. But, you know, I don't think that that's something most Americans need to be concerned well, with. We are
3: talking about high-paying jobs here. Yeah. How many other jobs pay 10 to $15 million for, say, three months' work? <laughs> You know? And that does not include back-end
4: points. Hollywood is an American company, and they should be loyal to American workers. Well, well Hollywood's not a company, but it's a city in Los Angeles County. Well, it, it, it does include most of the major movie companies in the entertainment industry. But... It's not a monolithic entity. Hollywood is more of a brand than a location.
3: Well, you know what bugs me the most about these Australian actors? What they use fake American accents in our our movies. You know? Do you think they would get all those roles if no one could
4: understand their foreign slang if if they spoke in their native language? I don't know any Australian (laughs) cuss words. Do you? Well, you you know, I choose not to curse at all spud so no i'm not familiar with australian profanity but i get what you're trying to say here however Look, these people are so sneaky that most americans are not even aware of the people they're paying 10 bucks to watch on the silver
3: screen are fakes hmm. you have to tune into the e-channel or entertainment tonight to hear them being interviewed
4: you know to know they're actually not americans it's a very disappointing experience you know when you realize it yeah well i must say i was surprised to learn the actress who plays maggie on the walking dead is not an american yes well, i mean, Actually, she was born in America, but then she moved to England at like 13, so she now sounds totally British off camera. So that was a little disappointing when I heard her being interviewed.
3: Look, I just think we have to draw the line somewhere with this immigration problem. You're right. Your party has this thing so wrong. They're all freaked out about people from Mexico coming over the border to take jobs from our workers. But the only actors from Mexico that get decent roles that American actors would want would would be maybe Salma Hayek and, and Eva Longoria.
4: <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, I, I saw Eva being interviewed on a TV show a while ago, and, you know, she was born and raised in the USA. Or is but, it Eva? Whatever. Uh, I, I don't know.
3: Well, hey, All right, but, you know... My point is those Australians are a much bigger threat to the economy of this, this country than people who live south of our border. W- without those people, this country would stop functioning. And, and besides that, think about how boring going out to dinner or lunch would be if we didn't have Mexican
4: food. They that's, are not our friends. I
3: mean, that's all I eat. It's the best. I mean, they invented
4: chips. Think about that. I don't know for sure if Mexico invented tortilla chips.
3: Well, name one other kind of foreign food at restaurants that includes all the chips you can eat before you order. Hmm. I mean, yeah, their desserts suck. Flan is really weak. And, you know, and every, I'm going to, everything else, every single thing else on their menu is delicious. I love everything about Mexico. Everything. So why don't you just see if our next guest is ready to go? Uh, Oh, I got to get back on track here. I'm Uh, a little off. off
4: And and you know what? Uh, They're telling me that your next guest. David Keckner is on the line holding for you, but good, before I put him through, are you okay? You, well, you, you know, you look like you have a headache to me, and I heard it was a late night for you.
3: Yeah, it's some people at this bar were buying me, like, Jägermeisters, and I, I hadn't really drank it before, and uh. tastes like turpentine. But anyway, that's not going to happen again. Anyway, you know, put, put, put him through, because I still have a, a few questions left over from the last time David was on the show.
4: Well, you know, he sure is a funny man. Our family loves most of his movies, the PG ones and, and then the PG-13 for our oldest. Your oldest is, what, almost 17? Well, Gerald Jr. won't be 17 until November, and then he can watch R-rated movies, the ones his mother and I approve of, of course. It's the law, Spud. Your son is missing out on some really cool movies. He ought
3: to report you to Children's Protective Services for depriving him culturally.
4: Yo, listen. He fully supports this policy. Right, right. Well, just put David through, okay? Uh, Fine, here he is.
3: Please welcome back to the show actor and comedian David Koechner. How you doing? I'm fantastic. How you feeling? Uh, Not too bad. A little bit of a headache, but you know, I've got to suck it up here. I'm on the air. So, (laughs) So let me ask you this. How many weeks a year do you still go out on the road and and, and do stand up these days? Do you have enough miles stored up to maybe stay up in the air for the rest of your life if you wanted? (laughs) Not
11: yet. Uh, I was on the road a lot last year, so it's been certainly less this year. I've had a lot of uh, work in town, so I haven't had as much time to go out. So Tacoma is my last stop before I go to Australia in the fall. I'm sorry, in the summer.
3: Oh, that's Australia. Hmm. Well, let me ask you about that, because on tonight's show, we're discussing the issue of immigration. So as an actor, how resentful do you get when all those freaking Australian actors take movie roles away from you and other American actors? I can only imagine your inner rage has got to stop, because I don't know if a wall's going to keep them out, but something's got to be done, don't you think?
11: Uh, Well, I haven't ever had that uh, happen to me, so it doesn't really bother me. Uh, I think you've probably got more British actors taking uh, roles than, than Australians. I mean, every, every superhero seems to be
3: a Brit nowadays. That's a good point. So do you, you think that wall's going to help at all? <laughs> I'm not for walls. Yeah. Okay. All right. So yeah, I'm kind of with you actually, but, uh, so the, the theater chain, uh, AMC recently tried to implement a no texting rule in his movie theaters, but we're bombarded with complaints from millennials that, you know, that they'd rather like undergo out root canal with pliers and then go with 90 minutes without their phone. You know? So my question is, how would you feel about a rule like that in comedy clubs? Like do texters ever get on your nerves while performing?
11: Um, yeah, it's a distraction. It's a distraction to everybody around them. It's a distraction to me. Uh, I don't think you should do it. But I I understand what people are going through. I guess that's up to me to be more engaging. I always take it, as someone's texting, I take it as a sign that they're disengaged. Uh, but also you really can't take it personally because people just can't seem to help it.
3: Right. Do you get much, uh filming at at your shows like a lot of comedians it's it's you know obviously a huge problem in terms of people rolling tape and on their phones you know tape whatever way you want to say it no if i see it i call it out okay all right yeah yeah i don't think i would like my intellectual properties being ripped off you know every time i appear on stage yeah but. yeah
11: you know i get to decide how i get to uh
3: uh put it out there all right you know someday i hope to have intellectual properties i should probably say that first but anyway all right moving on um so you did an episode of uh bajillion dollar properties which is owned which Uh is actually on the CISO streaming channel owned by nbc universal now is this correct there are some reno 911 people involved with in addition to a buttload of other you know really really highly skilled comedy professionals such as yourself so it's got to be great right Oh yeah.
11: It's always fun to play with people you've known for a long time and then also, you know, meet and play with new players. Uh, so yeah, that was a lot of fun
3: and it was all improvised. Uh, just pretty much like the model they used then, huh? On Reno Nine One? Uh pretty much. Yeah, exactly. They have their storylines and they can stop and
11: start and guide it however they they want to, but otherwise they just kinda let you go.
3: Huh, interesting. Um, well, do you see web-based comedy projects taking off? Because uh, I'm also guessing if you go this route, you, you don't self-finance, right, given Louis C.K.'s luck with Horace and Pete? Because if he can't make it independently, I don't know who can.
11: Yeah, you're right. Uh, no, no, that's like you said. It's NBC's uh, streaming property or their platform. So it's, uh, uh, they've got their money behind it. But, I mean, obviously, Netflix being very successful, more and more people are probably going to gravitate toward that type of uh, – programming.
3: Do you have any insight on, on, on Louis C.K.'s project? On, I mean, do you think he just went too big? or I mean, is this highly produced? And uh, I was just curious if you had a take on that.
11: Uh, no, I applaud him for doing it. I think it's fantastic. I hope uh, it turns out to be a successful model because I know he's he's uh, suspended it for now, but I think he'll be able to sell it to other outlets.
3: Yeah, that's true. I, I, I was thinking yeah. I mean, like I said, if, if he can't do it, no one can. And I'm pretty sure he's going to figure it out. But uh, anyway. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, I asked Jim Gaffigan when I interviewed him if he ever hit you up for advice on the large family situation, as you both do have five children, and he said he did, right?
11: Oh, he did? Okay. Yeah, he said he I have he, no he, idea. What
3: what did, what did he ask? Well, he said he, he actually had, he, he was, I think he was guest hosting on, uh, uh, on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yep yeah, on the air, actually. Yes, yes, on the late show. Uh, what did I say? I don't know. I don't remember. But I did see it. But uh, So I guess here's what I was going to ask you. What advice would you give our listeners if they, too, are contemplating going big with the family thing? Uh, the,
11: I think the, the quote that I try to gravitate toward the most is uh, one from Michelangelo. <laughs> which is genius is eternal patience. And I think that fits very well with parenting.
3: All right, I just jotted that down. But is there any way, though, around the minivan? Because that would be a deal killer for me. No, in fact, the minivan's not big enough.
11: Oh, I want one even bigger. Because on my minivan, it only seats seven, so nobody can bring a friend. I want a 10-passenger van. Wow, all right, you're going way big. All right, super. Yeah, I want a monster van.
4: Hey, I was thinking it might be a good idea to ask David if he's a big sports guy like the character he played in both Anchorman movies. (laughs) I bet he is one of those method actors. It was a character. Did I ask Ed Asner
3: if he still likes to pretend in real life he's a slave ship captain like the one he played in Roots? Uh, He may have won an Emmy for that role, but I'm pretty sure he was out of character as soon as that miniseries wrapped. I know, but... Did did I I ask Robert Hayes from that airplane movie how many flight hours he logged prior to going before the camera as pilot Ted Stryker? It
4: was a flipping character, okay? Well. So you didn't ask Robert in the interview if he did in fact go to flight school before doing the movie? Uh, You know, he may have. Were you sleeping during the interview? The answer is no. Just zip it, please, and let me get back to David.
3: Um well David on an unrelated note I was just going to ask you this what's your current take on the state of rock music is it is it me or does it seem like society has now marginalized it to like a genre maybe only at nostalgic acts at casinos or something there I mean there's so many great bands out there but the only stuff you ever hear on the air even on Saturday Night live or like overproduced pop acts do you have any take on the current state of rock
11: Yeah it's it's missing isn't it Yes um Yeah, the you know the thing is if you can find live local bands, there's still local rock bands everywhere. So, but you just have to search them out. Maybe someone needs to develop an app that's just uh, great rock bands only or something, so that you can always find them.
3: Didn't you used to also have a toe in the door with music uh, way back?
11: Well, I, I used to do this music act with a guy named David Allen, yes. or Dave Allen, uh, Dave Gruber Allen, The Naked Trucker and T-Bones, which is, was a music and comedy act.
3: Yeah, it was uh, very popular. I, and was, was is, there, is there, or was there ever plans for a film in that, with that uh, act?
11: There was, there was, but then we did a television show instead, and it was not that well received, so that kind of put put the end of that.
3: Yeah, but you know how those things work. If that, if you can maybe resurface it, you never know how things turn out later down the road. Just, just a little tip I thought I'd pass on to you. And on the show, I love you. that. Yeah. All right. Super. I love it. All right. Well, I know you got to go, so let me let me say this again. That we want to thank you, man, for coming back on the show. Okay. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. All right, Mr. David Keckner. This is a Spy Goodman show.
9: That should be fun. I think I'll try that.
3: Once again, Jordani.
8: there's a way, I'ma make it. If there's a big airplane, I'ma take it, and I'll fly away, way up in the sky, my dear, where all of those little is can't hear my dream. Oh. Oh, I got feet for the kicking. I got a fight in me, unforgiving, and I just swim a stream. Take a second look at me. Just when you think you see me, I'm leaving. Oh, oh, oh. Keep a photo of those in my wallet.
12: This is a Spud Goodman Show. This is a
5: Spud Goodman Show.
11: Hey, this is Ralphie Mae, and I'm on the Spud Goodman Show. Unless he messed up the computer like he did yesterday.
4: Uh, Spud, your last guest, Dita Von Tees, is waiting to speak with you. Okay, you know, I- I'm
3: not going to lie here. I'm a bit nervous about this one, as I've never interviewed a burlesque performer before. And, <laughs> and, and, I don't know, D- Dita is supposed to be the queen of this scene. This this might be the one
4: interview I might be asking for some help for you, so be ready. Oh, w- well, I- I'm not really that well versed on the world of burlesque. Um... <laughs> That has to do with women taking their clothes off, right? Well, I don't think they come on stage and get dressed, so yeah, you got it right. Well, listen, I'll jump in if I feel you need assistance, but frankly, I'm ill-equipped to help much with this topic. Yeah, you know,
3: on second thought, just just keep your input to yourself, as as I'm pretty sure I can handle this one. You know, burlesque performers, you know, take their pants off one leg at a time, just like the rest of us. They just, you know, have music
4: and sexy lighting to add some ambiance. So I can handle this. Just put her on. Uh, All right. If you say so, here she is.
3: Please welcome the queen of burlesque, Dita Von Teese, to the Spud Goodman Show. Thanks for calling in. Hi. Yeah. How are you? Pretty decent. Okay, so... Our listeners around the country, uh, I'm, I'm going to ask a question for on their behalf. What would they see if they attended your Burlesque Strip Strip Hooray Variety Show, starring you in their town?
13: Yes, well, uh, Burlesque strip, strip Hooray is a 90-minute long review of the very best of burlesque. Um, of course, I'm doing my... Most lavish production numbers with my giant martini glass and Super. Uh, my gilded birdcage and more of those big props. And then I've also have a cast of the very best modern burlesque performers from
3: all over the world. Wow. All right. Sounds great. Uh, hey, does the tour stop in Utah? Because I would bet there'd be so much pent up demand there, you could sell out for months.
13: Uh, well, you know, we, we, like to, we like to move around <laughs> when we're touring but I just came from Paris where I actually was performing uh, for a solid month. To sold
3: sold-out shows, so I'm just back from there. Wow. All right. Yeah, I bet, I bet that would be a great market for, uh, for you. Um, well, for those who are not familiar with you and uh, have not already yet Googled Adita Von Tees as I'm speaking, you were very, very attractive and always so well-dressed in high fashion. So my question is, do you ever just, like, throw on a T-shirt and sweats, I mean, around the house? not like going out shopping on Melrose or a club at night, but around, do you ever, like, dress down?
13: Um, well, I mean, I'm at home right now. Um, I'm wearing a, a velvet dressing gown. I like to find ways of being comfortable and glamorous at the same time. Uh-huh. So I have my lingerie line and my own loungewear collection. So I, I like to wear things like that. So I'm always thinking of ways to be glamorous but comfortable at the same time.
3: All right. Wow. Wow. Okay, um, did strip clubs? Let me ask you this: In the early '60s, sort of put the traditional burlesque acts out of business for a while. I mean, it's back now for sure. I mean, who sells out three shows in a city on tour except for you, Springsteen, Dave Chappelle, and maybe now Guns N' Roses? But um, how was it back then?
13: Um, well, you know, there was a definite definite evolution. 1930s and '40s were the the golden age of burlesque, where burlesque shows were variety shows with the stars of these shows being striptease stars like Gypsy Rosley, who mm-hmm. a lot of people might know that right. Natalie Wood played in a movie, and you had these big burlesque shows in, in lots of major cities, and really it just kind of, burlesque started dying out a little bit when um, when nightclubs became more popular, and uh, eventually strip clubs with, with uh, when they, when they started introducing liquor, into the uh, strip tease performances. That's where things kind of evolved and changed, and and came to be what they are now. But once upon a time, you would have seen a strip show in a big theater with a live orchestra playing and um, and dramatic costumes and and production. And so that's sort of what what we're what a show like Strips of Foray is about.
3: All right. Okay. Well. Taking a look back in the uh, the time machine to, in terms of your life in the past, you, you were once married to Marilyn Manson. I, I, sorry I had to go there, but I wanted to know if you live like most people. You know, say, what would a typical night be like for, for you guys? Like, Possibly order a pizza from Domino's, watch a little Netflix and crash on the couch? Or was it a lot more colorful? I'm guessing it was more colorful.
13: Well, you know, I've been divorced for about eight years now.
3: Okay, well, that's, <laughs> that's a long time, was, Yeah. My... Uh,
13: okay my my, pe- my personal past very much um, I'm just gonna just let you let that remain a mystery to you You want
3: to ask about my boyfriend now Nah, nah probably not <laughs> no, it's I'll not pass on it okay I had to hit I had to <laughs> at least pat touch on it so. all right we'll move on um, I had to try. You, you're a significant figure in the fetish world though I know absolutely nothing about this scene I, I take it that you have to wear a certain kind of clothes for it to work and probably black as pastels wouldn't cut it what exactly how would you define the fetish scene?
13: Well, the fetish scene is kind of where I got my start. I can't say that I've been involved in it for a while now, but it's really where I got my start. Uh, I wanted to be the modern answer to Betty Page, and Mm -hmm. that's where I started posing for vintage-style pinups, and and then, of course, creating my burlesque shows were in those days. Um, But, you know, it it is a common misconception. Everyone wears black. I think if you went to a fetish party, you'd find it to be actually quite colorful,
3: in fact. Super! Um, I didn't so, know that. All right.
13: Yep. Huh. you probably find girls are wearing hot pink corsets and baby blue latex. Uh, it's it's become it's evolved into something quite colorful, but you still have all the uh, signatures of fetishism, which are you know too many to list really, but. Um, Yeah, why
4: don't you check it out sometime? You know, you got me curious. I just might do that. Uh, If I may, Spud? Yes? I wanted to jump in here to say, please, do not open the door to that fetish world, as it will swallow you up and you may never return, at least not as the same person. I may not know much about the fetish scene, but
3: I doubt it would do any real harm to me. You do know you can take those ball gags out of
4: your mouth when you're done. They're not like braces where you need a professional to remove them. Okay, but people who are into that fetish scene are very scary. I just don't understand them. I I mean, who wants to have their wife or husband berate them while getting spanked or tickled? I don't think this stuff is part of any family home evening, okay? It's
3: usually a service provided by professionals that people pay for outside of the marriage,
4: like a chiropractor or a plumber. Really? Well, who would pay for this type of behavior? Oh, you would be surprised. Uh, I've heard enough. J- just be careful, Spud.
3: Right. Okay, I'm back, Dita. Sorry about that. Uh, my apologies. Yeah, I'm here. Um, well, yeah, a- yeah. as an actress, you've performed in all types of productions, from softcore porn to network television like CSI Crime Scene Investigation. So I was wondering, who has the better craft services, TV or, or the adult film world?
13: <laughs> um oh, well i mean i i that's a really funny question i don't really i think they're about the same you know that the, all the films that i performed in um were really high level shot on film shot in paris um, oh. so i i guess i've kind of like i've never you know i've always been kind of in top production as far as whether it was something more risque and erotic or whether it was mainstream television, the production values can sometimes be exactly the same.
3: Well, oh, all right. That's for the record. All right. Um, well, Dita, I'm going to close this interview with my tried and true question. Um, I wanted to ask you, what's been your most memorable moment to this point on earth?
13: My most memorable moment? Yes. Uh, gosh, I have, I, 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 that would be a, the most difficult question. You ask everyone that?
3: I do. I actually. Abso- I abso- oh, what absolutely do they say? Do.
13: They say I don't know.
3: <laughs> well, I get that occasion, and Then I probe because I'm a, I'm a, I'm a proven uh, experienced journalist. So I probe, and I'm trying to probe here, but I don't want to probe too hard. So. I don't know.
13: Um, I mean, I can't really. It's hard to say because there's personal moments, and there's professional moments, and. Uh, you know, there's, for me, there's a lot of general moments of, um, you know, that feeling of being on stage with a, with a great audience and great energy. And, um, you know, that's like a feeling that I've had lots of times over the years that I never get tired
3: of. All right. Okay. That'll work. I would like to thank you, you know, very much for calling into the show because I've definitely learned a few things.
13: Good. And I can't wait to uh, see photos of you at your first fetish event.
3: That's on my that's gone. On my to-do list now. Or at least my bucket list or something. I, I want to uh, anyway, thank you so much, Ms. Dita Tees
9: My
12: how time flies.
3: Alright so to conclude our discussion on the immigration issue, I was thinking of another segment of our economy that's really impacted by those from other countries taking our jobs. Okay. These are high paying and frankly pretty cushy jobs too that anyone would love to have. I'm referring to all the foreign women who have taken over supermodeling. When when was the last time you heard of a big-time supermodel with an American name? It used to be we dominated this industry with, like, you know, Christy Brinkley, Cindy Crawford, and all the rest.
4: Well, you know, that is true, that most of them these days have names that don't sound American, for sure. But I myself am not that familiar with the supermodel part of our economy, but uh, Again, just another good-paying job that is being taken over by foreigners.
3: I mean, who says you know, that Giselle Bun- Bunchkin or whatever? No, I don't and think that, that's right. That, that Natalia Vodovnova? No, Va- not right. Or, 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 or even that Olga curry Con- Anko?
4: No, that's uh, right.
3: Who says they're more super than our American models? I mean, what, Tyra Banks or Christy Turlington are second rate? Do they just, like, get tossed into the model refuse bin just because supposedly prettier, thinner, or, or
4: younger women from other countries have starved themselves better than our own supermodels? That's just not right. Well, you know, you do have a point, Spud, but for the most part, what Republican voters are most concerned with are people from other countries flowing into this country uninvited. Y-
3: you mean like at that
4: Plymouth Rock place way back? I-, I don't remember reading in any history books that the Indians invited those people to come over. Well, uh, did I miss something? No, no. The Pilgrims weren't formally invited when they landed at Plymouth Rock around 1620. They 1620, fled, right. They, they fled to this country for a new start as they were not treated fairly in their own country. We're looking for free Freedom and the right to live without persecution. Yeah, yeah, that sounds
3: kind of familiar. What if the Native Americans had their own cable news channel back
4: then? You know, and the word got out, do you think they really would have welcomed those pilgrims with open arms? Yeah, but later we developed this land into the greatest country in the history of the world? Yeah, yeah, I agree. We are fabulous, but
3: what if those Native Americans had, had, you know, were given a heads up that our ancestors were coming to this country? You know, what if they had built like a big, huge wall with mud and logs? You know, what would be your reaction if you were sailing into shore and saw that you weren't welcome? Would you have turned? around and sailed back to England
4: or just stayed and taken your chances? Uh, I can't imagine any ethnic group rejecting us Anglo-Saxons, so I definitely would have stayed. I'm a pretty likable guy.
3: Uh, well, maybe, but, you know, what I want to say is we gave the Indians like a bunch of diseases, the Native Americans, the Native Americans, you know, like the mumps and Epstein Barr, and and then we took all their land. I I think they, they kind of later figured it out and weren't thrilled with the deal.
4: Yeah, It's in the name of progress. Sometimes certain groups of people have to make sacrifices. It's called eminent domain. Well,
3: whatever. I just hope real soon that this whole immigration issues issue is settled. And like I said, we can't afford to lose more jobs. You know, I didn't even cover TV announcers from soccer, because without a British accent, you can't get a gig here in this country. And, right. and, you know, as a cook, how about at Benihana's? How many white dudes have you seen chopping stuff and cooking in front of you at those places? It, it, I, there's just so many jobs that we're yeah. losing.
4: Well, that's about it. We both agree, immigration's a problem. We just differ on how to solve it. I feel nice. Walls, uh, you know, paid for by Mexico, is a good first uh, well, step. No, I just, yeah, I, we I, disagree uh, no, on no, that. Yeah, I
3: know. Anyway, I got to close this thing. I am Spud Goodman. Be all that you can be, and I mean that. God bless and ciao.
1: Goodman Radio Show is written and directed by Spud Goodman, executive producer Laurie Madsen, produced by David Brenneman of Rosedale Audio Productions, original music by Michael Spots and Tom Harmon, video director T.J. Pites, on-air talent Rob McGee, Annie Coleman, and Tom Nolan. Production assistants Carrie Tompkins and Trent Godello. Spud's Greek chorus is The Folk Singers in Hell Live music production and broadcast engineering By Mike Renville At the facilities of NWCZ Radio Promotional services and support Provided by Big Freak Media Seattle's only rock and roll publicist Opinions expressed on this show Do not reflect those of the station The sponsors or any living person Except Spud Goodman Copyright 2016 Spud Goodman Productions David Brenneman speaking For an eclectic mix of music stay tuned for captivating talk stay tuned for insightful analysis of the spud goodman show stay tuned for the spud goodman post-show report here is your host
14: lawrence Hello, 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 I'm Lawrence, and I will be your host for tonight's Spud Give Me Post Show report. Here we go. Now, I need to say that my regular host, Gina, she unexpectedly had to go out of town this week. I guess uh, she went to this emergency gathering of juggalos in Oregon, something like that. Uh, It's something about planning on life after violent Jane Shaggy too dope either retire or pass away. I got to say, that's pretty proactive, you know, looking ahead like that. So, well, but anyway, we got uh, tonight, the former host of the Post Show Report is Ivy Quinn. She was gracious enough to say yes. And when we asked her to fill in for Gina. So we really appreciate that. We owe you one on this, Ivy. Thanks. Appreciate appreciate you here.
10: It just so happened that I was available as my usual weekly Bunko game was canceled. I hate that game, actually. But uh, peer pressure from friends gets the better of me. Lauren, super. if you two step away from your duties as host of this show, be aware the one downside of having more personal time available is people start bothering you to do stuff you really don't want to do. You can only make up so many excuses about being busy before they start to question the veracity of your made-up activities. Hmm. I do kind of miss using the show to get me out of a lot of stuff.
14: Well, you know what, to be honest with you, I really don't have much going on in my personal life like you have going on, Ivy, so... Really? Yeah, yeah, it's true. I mean, but if I stopped doing the show, I'd probably just play Yahtzee all day long because that's that's what I did when I was in prison there. I mean, I do love it, but after a few years when you're playing 10, 12 hours a day straight. It gets a little monotonous. I'm gonna be honest, Uh hmm. But I, I'm just really lucky that you let me uh, take over for you. You know, thanks for letting me step in. Thank you, thank you.
10: Oh, you know, I said I missed it, but I didn't say I regretted leaving. For the most part, I'm staying busy doing stuff I enjoy. Oh, like I joined a coven recently. Oh. Super. It, it's a small one, but it's growing steadily. This wicked thing is hotter than free-range chickens right now.
14: Well, let me ask you this: How many witches? does it take for a coven? Now, it's not just one or two, right? Because that's just like a couple of witches hanging out. You right?
10: know, I'm not totally up to speed with the Wiccan scene yet, but I think there has to be at least three or four. We have 11 right now in our coven, 10 very nice women, and uh, one guy, or at least I think he's a guy.
14: Oh, oh, oh they take guys too? Like I oh, said, that's uh, good to know.
7: Yeah.
10: I'm not totally sure about him, not that it matters, and Super. it would be rude for me to ask, you know. <laughs> um, well,
7: I... Excuse me guys, you guys are talking about witches and I am just sitting here waiting for my introduction. Do I have to do this myself again? Maybe. do you want to handle this one for old time's
14: sake maybe? Not really. Alright, super. Alright, alright. This is Derek and he handles the highlights from Spud's show. Okay, so anyway, I was, uh, I was asking if any mm-hmm. of the witches, now I wanted to find out if they cast spells on people or maybe do they practice on animals until they get good at the spells. I mean, like, what kind of spell could you put on a cat? I
10: I, I have no idea. I've only been going to their meetings for a month now. I'll ask next week and let you know. Um, Uh, I myself, I would never cast a spell on any animal, but people, no problem, especially
14: annoying people. You know,
7: I don't really believe Uh, in spells, I mean, if you guys want to know. I think that whole scene is, frankly, it's just garbage.
14: Okay. You know, they were talking about uh, immigration just now on Spud's show. Oh. do you think most witches were illegal immigrants or something? Because I heard Donald Trump say something like that on CNN.
10: No, um, I know the ones in my coven are all white girls with respectable jobs, like a CPA, a few elementary school teachers, and I think at least one hostess at an IHOP.
7: You know, I'd like to say
10: so
14: that... So it's time for us sh- to introduce the panel for the show hey. here. We've got Dave on the soundboard. Hey, Dave, how are you doing tonight? Good
1: evening, uh, It's very much a pleasure to be here, and it's great to see Ivy
14: back in the studio. Oh, Hi, is- Dave.
9: Yes. She's
1: yeah. She's my
14: fave. Oh, that's very sweet. All right, super. I can see why. And we got uh, Mike, our trusted engineer. How you doing, Mike? Hey, I'm doing great, Lawrence. Thanks, man. Oh, yeah, you're very welcome. And we got, of course, Trent, our former intern and now production assistant. Hey, Congratulations.
7: Trent. Ivy, run, and this time take me with you. Super.
8: Okay, oh. we'll talk.
14: Wow, he wants to escape. And what about our current intern that we got, Carrie?
7: Hey, hey, hey how you doing, Say, All right, how about you?
8: Been great, thanks. Nice,
10: nice. You know, Um, I do miss having an intern around. I could really use one at my house.
7: So, what I was
14: going to say before I. No, why don't we get uh, the music started now here? We're going to do a song from Captain Cook himself William Shatner and his cover of Mr. Tambourine Man. And following
10: that, we have a live cut of Floyd the Barber from, of course, Nirvana. Hit play, Dave.
2: Mr. Mr. Tambourine Man. Sleepy, and there is no place I'm going to.
9: Hey, Mr. Man, play a song for me.
2: In the jingle, jangle morning, I'll come following you. Take me on on your magic swirling ship. My senses have been stripped. My hands can't feel to grip. My toes, too numb to step. Wait only for my boot heels to be wandering. ready to go anywhere. I'm ready for the fade into my own parade. Cast your dance and spell my way. I promise to go under it. a I'm not sleepy and there is no Place I'm going to. Play,
9: Mr. And play a song for me.
2: In the jingle, jangle morning, I'll come following you.
1: Is the Spud
14: Goodman Post Show Report. All right, we got with us in the studio tonight, stuck around was Jordani. How you guys doing tonight?
6: Good, good. Thanks for having us. Nice,
14: nice. Hey, you want you want to give another round of intros for us? Let us know who you are.
6: Yeah, I'm Jordani. I'm on the keys and vocals.
14: Peter on drums, Jesse on bass. All right, super. All right, I always like a trio. It's a nice thing.
6: Hey, let me ask you
14: guys. First question I want to ask you guys now, have any of you guys done any time? And when I talk about time, I'm not talking like county time. I'm talking like a real stretch uh, somewhere.
10: Prison.
7: Yeah, yeah, prison. That's a great jump-off point.
14: All right, super.
7: (laughs) Uh, No, I've never done any hard time myself. I've been uh, you know, detained at the Canadian border several times. They're trying to catch me riding dirty, but... uh, I couldn't do it. Uh, yeah. Well, that's kind of a doing time. You yeah. Call the Canadian boat? Do yeah. time. And, and, uh, you are doing time in immigration when they take their time with all that stuff. You know? That's right. So and it drags out. It's not know? like I know how it is, though. Uh, yeah. You know?
14: well, Super. Yeah, you got an inside <laughs> peek there.
10: Jordani, how old were you when the light sort of first went off and you knew you wanted to be a musician? A magician? A musician. Oh.
6: <laughs> Let's Super. see. Probably very, very young. Yeah. Um, I started singing when I was talking. Writing so, songs when I was ten. Did you like want to be one of those kids on Star Search? I did. I wanted to be on American Idol, but I missed the age deadline by three days. Aww, but I'm probably, so sorry. Oh, but probably fortunately.
3: That is not super.
14: Not super. Well, well, Jordani, let me ask you this: Do you or or either of the two guys in the band? Do you guys play Yahtzee? Because you know, I'm really into Yahtzee. I have a lot of Yahtzee experience. Maybe we could just throw some dice a little bit. You know, after we're done here, something like that.
7: Oh, yeah, to on some Yahtzee.
14: Yeah? I'm, I'm willing to
6: be taught Yahtzee. Super.
14: Oh, I think you pick it up quick. Like, if you can play keyboards, you can learn Yahtzee. All right. Super. I'm open. Yeah. I'm glad.
10: So are you encouraged, Giordani, that there's a lot more top-selling acts that
6: are female these days? I am. Yeah, I'm In all the for the, the girl power. Yeah. The Bay halftime Super Bowl show. I'm all for it.
9: Yeah.
14: You Super. know, as a, uh, as a musician myself- hey, wait, wait a minute, I... wait a minute, Derek, Dick. you recorded one rap demo in your mom's basement and now all of a sudden you're a musician? Hey, uh, my rap uh,
7: record is going to have five tracks that I wrote and produced, okay? Yeah, yeah, re- record,
14: okay, okay. Uh, so, so Jordani, what's, no the, what's the name of the last song that you guys are going to do for us tonight?
6: This last song is called The Robot Song.
14: All right, cool. Jordani.
8: Mechanical, so practiced, but unnatural. Now take your robot fingers off of me. I know they're only programmed for one thing. Good, yeah, you know the keys. So good at pushing buttons, but that's not necessarily a good thing. You're not fooling me, I know what you seek and row, but you're no good. you want, I know what you're trying to find. So take me off your radar, robot. You're not my type. I need a real boy. uh oh, oh. I want did he arm hold me all through the night. And a heart that's pumping blood to know that he's still alive. Love is all I need. Not your program's my machine. I want a real boy. uh oh. Oh, oh. oh.
7: That's special, special. Okay, that wasn't funny, you guys. Time. Somebody locked the door while I went to the bathroom during the song. Okay, that wasn't cool. Super, uh, well, super. I, I would debate that. You know? I
10: heard that the studio's haunted.
14: <laughs>
7: uh, yeah, that's right. There, there's a ghost in the studio, and that's what did it. Yeah, it's it was really funny that when Ivy comes back, this kind of stuff happens.
10: I would be happy to do a cleansing for you. So, yes.
7: anyway, I, back to I, uh, right. back to my part of the show. Our first highlight of the night comes from Adam Corolla, and anyway. in this clip. I selected this one because it talks a good deal about immigration and how Adam Carolla could actually help Donald Trump build his wall.
3: Oh Okay, all right, fine. All right, moving on. Um, on tonight's show, you know, we've been discussing uh, immigration a bit, and and Adam, as you reside in Southern California and have built a bunch of things with your bare hands, or, or maybe gloved hands, you're the go-to guy on this question. What's your take on this fairy tale wall deal that, you know, that Trump continues to insist will be built? Because that's going to take a hell of a lot of nails and two-by-fours to make happen.
5: Yeah, we should definitely make it out of pressure-treated lumber because if it's either if it's just you know dug fir, <laughs> it's going to go bad pretty fast. I mean that's my that's the construction side of me uh, talking. Uh, Redwood will work as well.
3: Redwood, all right. Um, Redwood. Okay. Sorry,
5: my my voice is going out. Um, you know. LA is essentially Mexico at this point uh, already, so I'm not I'm not sure I'm not sure what we can do to unring that bell. But uh, I you know as far as immigration goes, you just have laws on the books, and then you enforce the laws that are on the books. I don't I don't get why it's so controversial. Yeah. Every country has it.
4: Right. Right. <laughs> Well, Uh, Spud, if I may interrupt here, I, as the lone conservative voice on your staff, must say that though I'm supporting Ted Cruz, you can rest assured that wall will be built. Now, I can't guarantee who will pay for it, but it won't be the U.S. taxpayers'. Uh, Right, and I would keep your eye out for Bigfoot the next time you you go camping or
3: or even hit a rest stop on the freeway.
4: Oh, the wall is no fable, Spud. It will happen. As Adam just said, there are some logistics that will need to be determined, like, you know, going with redwood over, say, fiberboard. Yeah, Maybe they could set up a toll booth like they do on highways and bridges to help pay for it. It, But that wouldn't keep non-Americans out. And neither will a stupid wall. Well, I've read on the Internet that the cheapest way to deal with this immigration issue is to Just go with a moat. Way oh, really? cheaper. Oh, yeah, and much more green because it would create a wetland haven for ducks, fish, maybe even crocodiles. <laughs> there is such an oversupply of crocs right now in Florida. It would kill two birds with one stone. Why would any birds need to be killed to make a wall happening? That will
3: piss off a lot of pita people. Well, it's strictly a figure of speech, but. Whatever. C- can I just get back to Adam, please? It's rude to put guests on hold, especially Adam Carolla. I really like him
4: fine go ahead
3: uh yeah sorry about that adam but i'm back so i, I don't quite get the, the whole concept of the wall but I, I just thought i'd run it by you because i mean you live you live in in the environment that i mean you, as he called you to get your advice because obviously you've built stuff the hell of a lot i mean you build stuff with your hands that dude just hires people right
5: oh yeah i'm, I'm i was right before i got on with you i was in my kitchen <laughs> working on my uh remodel so uh yeah, absol- absolutely.
7: All right, all right.
3: Well, and yet one more of
14: your books.
7: Hmm, the wall. You know, I think a redwood wall would look really nice.
14: They should you use know? balsa wood. Why, Why don't they use a,
7: do a balsa wood wall? Well, I don't know. We can, you know, I'll, forward, should, I'll send all this stuff forward when at my next, you know, Junior, Junior Trump. So, you know, if meaning. the four horsemen are
10: actually saddling up and Trump does become president, and the apocalypse you know ensues shortly thereafter, if he goes to build a wall, it's going to end up being like Spinal Tap, where they get the specs wrong, and so instead of being like thirty feet high, it's going to be like thirty inches.
14: Oh yeah, thirty inches.
1: Well. All in all, Trump's just another brick in the wall. He's he, the,
14: oh, you so guys, you guys, no, and I'm sober good. too. So you guys are being dumb. Now, now, let me ask you this. If you, if, Now, if you play, what's that song he plays that is Rallies? If you play that backwards, now, do, do, will it sync up with The Dark Side of the Moon or with The Wall, the album? Yeah, I don't, I, it, it 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 says something like, it'll be beautiful if you play it backwards. Yeah, I looked at Trump and I don't know if beautiful is the right word for that. All right, you know what, let's, let's do some, uh, play some more music here. We're going to start off with something from the now late, great Merle Haggard. The world's going to miss him for sure. This, this song of his is titled, I Think I'll Just Stay Here and Drink.
10: And following that, we have a mashup from the Beastie Boys and Love Psychedelico called Right Now, Right Now.
14: All right, let's kick this off with Mel Haggard. Could be holding you tonight.
2: Could quit doing wrong, start doing right. You don't care about what I think. Think i just stay here and drink. Hey, button you down, don't square no deal. At least you know the way I feel. Take all the money in the bank. Think i just stay here and drink. And close, and you can hear that light cute playing in my ear. Ain't no woman going to change the way I think. I think I'd just stay here and drink. I can't just stay here and drink
12: So late.
1: Stay tuned for more of the Spud Goodman Post Show Report. Welcome back to the Spud
7: Goodman Post Show Report. So, as you guys know, it is that time again. Time for my really? podcast preview of this coming oh. week's show. Oh, I oh. about that. I, I saw
10: that on the schedule, but I just assumed it was a mistake or something. Yeah,
14: you know All what right, happened? super. I'll tell you what happened. I-, I think he got our executive producer to let him do this in exchange for him to... To plug uh, this show, Spud's mm-hmm. show, on his
7: podcast.
10: That sounds like a really dumb trade-out arrangement. Mm-hmm. Do you still have to pay this show something to do this on the air, Derek?
7: Listen, my podcast has better numbers than Spud's radio show that is syndicated around the country. He is lucky I agreed to do this deal. Great. Right.
14: You, you know, I still don't believe that your podcast is popular. Mm-hmm. I don't believe it. I'm betting the only people who listen to it is your your mom, mm-hmm. maybe an aunt, uncle, or something, and maybe. a re- a really close aunt or uncle at that, because you know family ties they make people do some strange stuff like listen to some conservative podcasts and all that. So, so okay. This episode you got this week. Just tell mm-hmm. us what what is it about. Just, super. Just, uh, Thank
7: you. I'm going to preview track three of my new rap record, and I will also be previewing what the coming Trump cabinet might look like when he takes office next January.
10: Well, for sure, Omarosa is attorney general, and probably Gary Busey is secretary oh. of state. Uh, All yeah. right, super.
7: It's a bit premature to speculate about Gary Busey, but Omarosa for sure will be in his inner circle. Uh-huh. okay, Okay, we got to go back to the music
14: here. We're going to start off this set with a t- Thelonious Monk and his tune, Five Spot Blues.
10: And then we have a band from Los Angeles, Girl Pool with Jane. Whenever you're ready, Dave.
1: You don't mind, Lawrence, but I had to play one of Ivy's bumps oh, yeah. for all sake. Cool. That was super that was nice. nice. That, was
10: that was really cool. All
3: right. Super. All
1: right. Yep.
7: So, uh, so for the next clip that we have, we have David Keckner also talking about immigration and how uh, good, solid acting jobs are being taken away from American actors by, you know, Brits and Australians. So, roll the clip. Oh, say that. So.
3: Oh, that's Australia. Hmm. Well, let me ask you about that, because on tonight's show, we're discussing the issue of immigration. So as an actor, how resentful do you get when all those freaking Australian actors take movie roles away from you and other American actors? I can only imagine your inner rage has got to stop, because I don't know if a wall's going to keep them out, but something's got to be done, don't you think?
11: Uh, well, I haven't ever had that uh, happen to me, so it doesn't really bother me. Uh, I think you've probably got more British actors taking uh, roles than than Australians. I mean, every every superhero seems to be a Brit nowadays.
3: That's a good point. So do you, you think that wall's going to help at all? <laughs> I'm not for walls. Yeah, okay, all right. So, yeah, I'm kind of with you, actually. But, uh, so the... Wow. you got to mm. stop it.
7: I don't know what's going on over in England, that they're all the superheroes are coming from over there. But it's we gotta do something.
10: That's absurd. Acting is pretending. It'd be like being mad that it's not a superhero playing the superhero. It's they're pretending to be what they are. It's not like the guys actually flying and actually affected by kryptonite. Well
7: yeah. how do we know there aren't superheroes out there? I mean all well, these other people are taking their jobs.
10: I, it's all acting. They're all pretending. Are you going to be mad that someone in a lumberjack skit isn't an actual lumberjack?
1: You know, Superman was an immigrant. He came here from the planet Krypton. Yeah. And assumed the guise of Clark Kent, mild mannered reporter from a great daily metropolitan newspaper.
14: And you know what? You could you could build a wall to try to keep out Superman, but he just bust down that wall. Unless, Unless it was he, made he, of parakeet. Right. Just do that, you know. That's what I'm saying. Super.
7: Um, yeah. I can't wait for Trump to get in office.
14: Well, you, you know what? Why don't you wait? Why don't you wait? Why don't you wait through this next set of tunes here? Wait patiently if you can. Because we're going to play a, a song from a musician from Miami, Florida. Happy Colors. And a song, Tu Con Ese Culo Rompe El Toilet.
10: And then we have something from Concrete Blonde, whose leader and vocalist, Jeanette Napolitano, was a guest on Spud's TV show a few times back in their heyday. The song is The Beautiful Joey.
15: Baby, te tengo que decir algo. Dime, papi. Tú con ese culo rompe el toilet. Tú con ese culo, tú con ese culo, tú con ese, tú con ese culo, 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 tú con ese culo. Qué sucio. Tú con ese culo, tú con ese culo, tú con ese, tú con ese culo, tú con ese culo, tú con ese culo, tú con ese culo, tú con
0: ese culo,
15: tú con ese culo, tú con ese culo, tú con ese culo, tú con ese culo, tú con ese culo. No me toques ahí. Este culo, este culo, este culo, este culo, color de culo, de color de
5: color de color de color este culo, este culo, este oh, oh, bueno,
15: culo, a Con ese culo, con sucio, con con ese culo, 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 culo.
14: espere, espere un momentito, espere, tú con no espere, culo
12: tú.
15: Que usted eche por el toilet, pero ahí para abajo.
0: Dice quién.
14: should we let him do the last one?
10: I think we have Would to. Would you please? Is it
14: the contract? Yeah, I think right. it's legal. All, right. All, right. All right, super.
7: So for our final clip, we have Spud talking to Dita Von Teese. Wow. And I kind of picked this clip out just because I thought it was funny that Spud asked this question and then just completely got shut down Uh-oh. by Dita. It was great.
3: About. All right, okay. Well... Taking a look back in the uh, the time machine to, in terms of your life in the past, you you were once married to Marilyn Manson. I, I, sorry I had to go there, but I wanted to know if you live like most people. You know, say, what would a typical night be like for, for you guys? Like possibly order a pizza from Domino's, watch a little Netflix and crush on the couch, or was it a lot more colorful? I'm guessing it was more colorful.
13: Well, you know, I've been divorced for about eight years now.
3: Okay, well, that's a long time, yeah. <laughs> My...
13: My, my, my personal past very much. Um, I'm going to just let, you let that remain a mystery to you. You want to ask about my boyfriend
3: now? Nah, nah probably not. <laughs> no, it's I'll not pass on it. Okay. I had to, hit, I had to <laughs> at least pass. I had, I had to touch on it. So, all right, we'll move it on. Um, I, ha-
14: ha- I want to find out about the boyfriend, the current boyfriend.
10: Well, I think it's kind of well within a burlesque performer's purview to say they don't want to discuss something or not at, at whim, even if it's not justified. I yep. mean, she is the queen of burlesque. Oh
14: yeah, sure. she's the queen of burlesque. Yep. Yeah, yeah. People, I think the one one guy had a picture of her on his wall, and but there was another guy who had a picture of Marilyn Manson on his wall, and those two would argue all the time, and it was just kind of weird. So, but uh, you know, these things happen, I suppose.
10: But they were two great tastes that taste great together.
14: Oh yeah, like like Super. milk chocolate and bacon, or whatever that commercial. What was that treat? Uh, you got Reese's your bacon butter and cups? my pe- peanut. Racist
10: peanut butter cups? No, not racist peanut wow. butter cups. I, I don't support I think, those candies. I
14: thought you now you went to the Trump side for second. Yeah, I was gonna yeah, say. Okay. I think Donald Trump might be nope. uh, handing those out. Racist. Yeah. Uh, racist uh, peanut, peanut, peanut uh, butter yeah, cups. I do there think we go. Trump, Trump is handing out racist peanut butter cups at his rallies. I so don't
10: I think, think he is happen. because I don't think he would mix things.
14: They're made with white chocolate. Uh, <laughs> you guys <laughs> are crossing <laughs> the line again. Yeah, that's uh, that's true. Oh, Dave, he just nailed it there. You know what? Let's celebrate with another tune here. We're gonna we're gonna do one more. I think we can get it in, right? Yeah, yeah, we'll do it. Alright, this one is by the New York Punk Pioneers Television and it's called See No Evil. Hey Dave, hit that song. <laughs>
1: To the Spud Goodman Post Show Report.
14: Well, I hate to say it, but you know what? We're out of time. It's mm-hmm. been fun, you know, and I really appreciate you, uh, Ivy Quinn, Thank coming you. into the studio, filling in for Gina tonight. It was
7: great having you in here.
10: You know, I have to admit, I kind of enjoyed myself, um, in spite of Derek, you know, no offense, guy.
7: Super. I- yeah. Look, all I can say is that since you have left the show, I have been given a long overdue opportunity to display my talents. So I guess I have to thank you, too.
1: Yeah, we sure miss Ivy.
10: And all I can do is offer my profound apology to listeners and beg for their forgiveness. Yeah,
14: you got to beg here because you know what? Don't hold me accountable for this, Ivy. Just please, please. I'm not the one who makes the decisions no. for you know all that business. Yeah,
10: it's... I know that. Um, no worries. I can handle anything every few months. But man, I do feel your pain for sure. Having to deal with this situation
7: every yeah, week. Yeah. Right. Okay, Super okay, pain. okay. Really I know you two are just joking. No, but I'm not all joking. this ribbing no. does get to me a bit much after a while. Well, you better develop some thick skin there.
14: But you know what? I'm going to do right now. I'm going to. I don't want to forget. We got to thank our panel here. We got Dave. Thank you, Dave, on the soundboard. Hey, Dave. Thank you. Hey, pleasure as always, Lawrence.
1: It was great to see Ivy back in the studio, and uh, Derek seemed to mind his manners. Yeah. Thanks, solid. Dave
14: yeah yeah and then we have mike mike our engineer you did a great job again oh thanks and i like to keep the drama to, down to the minimum with myself you know so super well you do you do a good keep job keeping the drama down. yeah Oh, thanks and of course we gotta give a, a shout out to trent our production assistant you know we love you even though you know St- spud likes to treat you like doo-doo can
7: i finally leave i'm playing pokemon for the past hour pokemon super. wow
14: they still got pokemon
6: now Oh, okay.
14: All right, we got, of course, our Carrie all Pierce College intern. Thank you for your service and all you do for the show.
6: Of course, Lawrence. It was a pleasure. And thanks for being here, Ivy. Oh,
10: thank you. It's been great.
14: Yeah, it has been good. And, and yep. you know
10: what? It's really nice that Spud leaves the studio after doing his show now. When I was hosting, he would always hang around like some controlling megalomaniac. It's much more relaxed around here.
14: Yeah, it is. It is. You know, he pretty much just leaves me alone. As long as I play the music he lays out.
10: Yeah, I remember once I played a song I threw on, and I thought he was going to have a cerebral hemorrhage.
14: Oh, ooh, yeah, I bet, I bet. He takes that stuff really seriously, you know. Yeah. Tune, I'm not know. afraid
7: of Spudgillman, and he sure knows better than to mess with me. Please, man.
14: You know, I don't think he even knows your name. Derek, wait. That's your name. Your name is Derek. Okay. I'm
7: pretty sure he does know my name, or at least my face, as he nods at me occasionally. I mean he doesn't seem to use first names very much. He always
14: did with me. Well, you know, he sends me Christmas he sent me a Christmas card this year and he spelled my name
7: correctly. Well, yeah. I I've worked here at the studio for almost 3 years. So I bet he knows my full name. Maybe even my middle initial too.
14: All right, all right, whatever, Derek, if you say so. Well, we got we got to sign off
7: now. So I hope the listeners will join us again next week,
14: same time, same radio station. Good night, everybody.
10: Good night, everyone.
14: Derek
7: now out. <laughs> I work
1: in the sewer, it's a very hard job You know they won't hire just any old slob You don't have to wear a tie or a coat You just have to know how to float We sing the song of the sewer Of the sewer, we sing this song Together we stand, with shovel in hand to keep things rolling along I work down a manhole with a guy named Bruce And we are in charge of all the refuse He lets me go first while he holds the lid I'm telling you, sheesh, what a sweet kid We... We sing the song of the sewer,
2: on the sewer. We sing this song together.
1: We stand with a golden hand to keep things rolling out. The Splendidman Post Show Report is. Written and directed by Spud Goodman. Executive producer, Lori Madsen. Produced by David Brenneman of Rosedale Audio Productions. Associate producer, David Deere. On-air talent, Annie Coleman and Derek Schneider. Live music production and broadcast engineering by Mike Renville at the facilities of NWCZ Radio. Production assistants, Kerry Tompkins and Trent Botello. The music composed and performed by Brian J. Martin. Promotional services and support provided by Big Freak Media, Seattle's only rock and roll publicist. Copyright 2016, Spud Goodman Productions. David Brenneman speaking.
7: Keeper. Keeper. Spud Goodman. Derek now out.